Obviously, a lot of talk about the warts with the Cleveland Browns secondary on Sunday versus the Jets. We'll get to that with PFA John Costco. We'll talk about Jacoby Brissett. We'll talk about Amari Cooper and the success they had. And we'll get a little peek ahead for Thursday Night Football as John Costco talks about the current state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All that and more on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB, the Locked On Browns podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, Garrett Bush, a little under the weather here. And look, we got a tight, tight week here, obviously, with a quick turnaround uh, as the Browns play Thursday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are going to get to your PFF episode under the lens. John Costco here to join me. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. And if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKEDON. That's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space. Um, We're going to get to the offensive side of the ball. We're going to get to the defensive side of the ball here. Segment three, we'll talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Steelers. John, normally, you know, hey, I'd love to start with some positives, but with all that's gone on today, just just can't go that route. John, this is a secondary constructed of two first-round picks, a second-round pick in Grant Elpit, a guy with a free agent deal of $11 million. Oh, not to mention Denzel Ward is on a long contract extension. Martin Emerson, a third-round pick. Ronnie Harrison, a, a decorated player. John, my biggest issue here today is the old Shaggy song. Wasn't me. Like, everybody, and to Grant Delpit's credit, Grant Delpit basically put in a position that he didn't want to point fingers. And the other thing is, hey, could you basically tell us exactly what the coverage was so the entire NFL world can understand how maybe you guys do coverage in cloud or you do your version of cover three or cover four, which Grant Delpit was not going to do. But, John, A number one, yes, to be a defensive back, as you well know, there's a lot of pride in this unit, as good as it's supposed to be right now, they're aggravated because they're not losing contested catches. They're not getting beat within the scheme. They're beating themselves and giving away, basically just giving away the farm for free. Yeah. Um, they have five busted coverages in the first two weeks of the season for a grand total of 207 yards and three touchdowns. The, uh, the next closest team has, you know, just two busted coverages for 79 yards. So um, they have issues that are that, that seemingly stems like, I don't know what, what why the issues, but they had these issues at the beginning of the last year. Remember the Chargers game? Everybody remembers the Chargers game uh, where they had just a couple of colossal busts that Mike Williams got wide open down the field. Um, so it's, it's an issue of, I mean, it ultimately falls on, on the coaching staff to make sure that, they get, have a process in place that these guys just don't do that because you have five busts in two weeks. I get it. Busts happen. They, they, they do, but not at that type of frequency. Right. So 
Um, it, and also these, now when you're talking about a team that didn't change the defensive coordinator, didn't change the mayor players, did not change the secondary coach. John, this was understandable last year when there was a lot of newness. This year, mm-hmm. there should be no excuses. There should be none. Um, you're exactly right. Third year with the, this, this scheme. And all these guys were in this scheme last year except for Martin Emerson. And Martin Emerson hasn't been a part of any of the busts. So, you know, I, I know I know, pointing fingers is not a thing that people do and some people do and or it's not good to do. But, like, it doesn't really matter, I think. I mean, at this point, I don't think it matters who, who, who the faults are. Um, you know, I think everybody uh, has their share of blame to go around. Um, you know, whether, whether you want to say that that last coverage that was, was a cover six or, and they were to a cloud that side and Delpit busted it, or it was Denzel Ward, it was in cover three and he's busting his deep third. You know, that's, that's whoever's opinion you want it. You want to have that opinion, you can have it. Um, but it, they just need to get it corrected. That's, that's the bottom line. And when it comes to these, you know, the professionals, I mean, you know, my, uh, my, I have issues coaching my flag football team, my son's flag football team, where I tell him, hey, you need to run a slant, and then he runs a bubble. And then I tell him again that he needs to run a slant, and then he runs a bubble again. And he does it repeatedly over and over. At some point, you know, you just kind of have to pull that kid out and be like, listen, I'm I'm not going to be calling you plays anymore. It's just, it is what it is. I've given you multiple opportunities. So, uh, you know, you kind of have to treat professionals at the same way. It's like, listen, if you, you keep running the wrong coverage, Whoever, you know, this person is that maybe is not communicating or not, you know, receiving the communication at some point, they, they do have to get a benching of like, hey, this is this is the consequence for, for you know, these types of colossal uh, miscommunications. Miscommunications happen in the NFL. You see them quite often on the offensive line and even on the defensive line with stunts and stuff like that. But the thing is that shines big and bright on the stage is when you have a coverage bust, especially one of that magnitude. So. Uh, and, and nobody's talking about the, the, the you know, I mean, I, maybe they are, but the Ravens busted a cover two uh, against Tua. Tyree Kill got a wide open touchdown pass to tie up the game in the fourth quarter. Nobody's talking about that, but they they had a, a massive colossal bust in their secondary as well. They just not, they just haven't had that frequently, you know, of them. They just had it at the wrong time. Well, then let's go with this, John. As far as the top five secondary players for the Cleveland Browns yesterday, how did they grade? Um, not not great. So, I mean, Denzel Ward. So basically, you know, okay. So basically, nobody checked out Twitter today. Don's, Denzel Ward apparently saw some of John Costco's tweets, but we'll let that yeah, go for that, that, Yeah, Denzel Ward had a nice look at my Twitter today. Um, yeah, he he graded at a thirty three point five um for the game which also includes uh 33.5 in run defense and two missed tackles that he had with so not only was he bad in coverage where he's i mean generally speaking Denzel Ward is not bad in co- he's not a bad coverage player no. when you have a it was an just, anomaly but you can't have right. everybody not playing well exactly he had a 35.8 in coverage we charged him with that that bust whether everybody on and Twitter wants to agree or disagree or have their discourse, they can have it. I'm not going to get into it. Um, I went and looked at for two hours today, looked at every single empty look that the Browns had had in the past three years where they had cover three or cover six. And, uh, you know, I would just say that 
I'm pretty confident in the, you know, what we've, how we've charted it. So, um, you know, AJ Green was out there for two snaps. He actually somehow got a 26.8 grade when he was out there for two snaps. Ronnie Harrison was a 45.6. Grant Telpit was a 42.9. And John Johnson was a 62.2. Martin Emerson had had another solid day. He did give up a touchdown. I think everybody saw that one. So So even giving up the touchdown to Garrett Wilson, Martin Emerson, yeah, 73.0. Uh, so crazy another... enough that the newest guy to the room and the youngest guy to the room and the rookie, he doesn't seem to be having issues with the communication and what's supposed to be going on. It's the holdovers. It's the holdovers, yep. And, you know, I don't. it's the thing. I don't – I don't. Greg Newsom was not not great in the game. He was a 63.5. Both, well, actually, you know, combined – John, is, that, hey, John that's the, that is the, you know, bottle of Cristal of this room then. Right. I mean, that's – if you have a 63.5 generally that like you're thinking oh that's the weak link or something like of the day and you're you're doing well but no like everybody in that secondary had had a lot of issues um you know if there was a bright spot the anthony walker and jok had excellent like elite level grades in coverage um but we're not talking about linebackers we're talking about the secondary so you know difficult day all around obviously for those guys involved and look at the end of the day, this team is one, one, and one. I'm sorry, one and one. This team plays Pittsburgh Steelers Thursday night. They win this game. Not only will they be in first place, they will be the top dog in first place for 10 days until week four until they kick off in Atlanta because they will be one and oh within the division. The best anybody else can do is match them at two and one, but they will not have a division victory. And the Cincinnati Bengals are currently 0 and two. It does suck to give away a game that you should have won a colossal failure with two minutes. But, and the concern I have, and I'm sure you do, John, is it's great that you play. It's great that you get back on the field Thursday night to get away from this. But the same problem is, you know, we know what a short week consists of and it's not a lot. So how do you basically rewrite this, get this ship on the right road with 96 hours? Yeah, you know, one thing that Kevin Stefanski has done well in the past is get this team ready for Thursday night games. And, you know, I think about the first Thursday night game they've, they've had, which was week two of 2020, where they are coming off an absolute blowout where they just looked horrendous against the Ravens. They, they looked like it looked like Kevin Stefanski was out of his league and nothing was going to be different. And then all of a sudden they turned it around and, and this handled business. They had like. 250 plus yards of rushing you know there's a two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt just absolutely came alive Baker had a great game except for the very last throw that he made you know so like it was you know for for all of maybe some some issues that maybe Stefanski has kind of had as a coach in his coaching life here at with the Cleveland Browns where you know you have these miscommunications where they have these kind of like late game collapses and stuff like that. There's a lot of times that they have these late game collapses, you know, under, under his tutelage. But um, one credit he can have is Thursday night games. They get ready for them. They turn it around. Even last year against the Broncos where they had to play case Keenum on that short week after a, a game where the Browns are just absolutely dismantled against the Arizona Cardinals. They came out and won. They, they handled business and came out and won. So, I think I with, think they do a with good no job. No Nick Chubb, with no Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson being the guy who's toted the mail that night. So maybe this is one advantage they do have going into this. We're going to flip yeah. it up here, and there are positives to talk about this offense. And if we told anybody, hey, guess what? Browns offense first two weeks, they're going to average twenty eight points a game. 
you'd be like, wow, all right, this is great. Browns are 2-0. No such luck, sadly. But we're going to give some credit where it is due here. We're going to talk a little about this Browns offense. Because when we talked with John last week, we talked a little bit about what we thought we needed to see from Jacoby Brissett. And I think we did. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse the huge selections of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, Canada, and the UK. You can book a spacious SUV or minivan if you're on the fan, on the road with the family. You get a classic or luxury car for a special event, a birthday, a holiday, a wedding. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Hey, you're looking at electric vehicles? Why don't you test drive one first and see if maybe it's the car for you? Many Toro hosts can deliver the car right to you. Every trip, trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Ditch boring rental cars and find your drive at Toro.com. John, we talked last week, and we had mentioned, look, Jacoby Brissett, it looks slow. Um, it didn't look like, you know, he was very decisive. He needed to play more efficiently. Certainly needed to find a way to get Amari Cooper more involved. And to his credit, Amari Cooper and Jacoby Brissett sat down during the week. And Jacoby said, look, I get it, man. I know you are open. Let's look at this. When are you looking for the ball? When are you ready for the ball? Because this is also what happens when you don't take live in-game reps with the guy who's supposed to be essentially the featured player of your passing game. They did that. Got going in the second quarter. One drive, four for 48 for a score. You saw Amari Cooper, and for whatever Sauce Gardner is going to be in this league, you got to remember, hey, he is just a rookie, and you got to figure out how to handle it against some guys like this. But Jacoby Brissett's day, there was mobility, John. He used his legs. There was one where he was moving, and I'm like, oh, my God, just go down because you're going to get killed. Fired off a bullet for a first down. Jacoby Brissett, the way he played yesterday, and you know, I heard from a bunch of people going into this game from the Jets standpoint, oh, go win it. He's Jacoby Brissett. To this point, the Browns have played Baker Mayfield. They've played Joe Flacco. They're going to play Mitch Trubisky. And for all intents and purposes, for the first two games going out there, Flacco played really well yesterday, but Mitch Trubisky, I mean, I'm sorry, Jacoby Brissett did not look like a quarterback who necessarily is just a backup. He looked like a guy that, hey, you know, we have a third string rookie, but he's not ready yet. Maybe we'd give this year to a player like Jacoby Brissett. He's looked the part through two weeks and was vastly improved yesterday. Yeah, week one looked like nervous energy um, and that there was obviously like there's rust that he was trying to get off and, and not and getting back into the live game action. And this past, you know, yesterday against the Jets, he he looked phenomenal. For he had he had thirty two thirty two dropbacks through thirty one of them looked phenomenal. Did not miss a single throw. Uh, any throws that were incomplete were there's like maybe some pass breakups that were like in good position, but it's just a good play by the defender. He had one drop that David and Joku had, um, and that I mean that basically it um, threw for you know seventeen of his twenty two. Uh, throws went for first downs or touchdowns, um, you know, and I think up until that throw, like he would have been the highest graded quarterback of the week. He would, he would have been actually the highest graded offensive player of the week uh, of anybody in the NFL. Um, and that actually, that honor actually now goes to Amari Cooper, who had a 90.9, who was phenomenal. And he just looked much more comfortable. He looked like a guy that had, was in command of this offense um, looked like the the you know the player that maybe the Colts thought they were trading for when they tr- made that trade with the with the uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, he was a guy that just kind of like looked like he was coming into his own, and and you know he delivered the ball with with good timing. Um, you know he, he did have some 
some plays where he held on to the ball maybe a little bit long and obviously took one, just took that one sack, but he, he was, he was good. And um, if that's what you're going to see for the next, you know, nine games before Deshaun Watson comes back, if the Browns can get that type of play out of Jacoby's set and obviously just play a better complimentary football around him down the stretch. I mean, you know, instead of hoping that you're going to be at a 500 level by the time the Watson gets back, they might be able to steal some games in that, that next six, you know, five game stretch where, uh, you know, they're facing some really stiff competition. So, you know, for him, uh, you know, he's still, he's still graded out pretty dang well because just one throw isn't going to tank the grade, but it was obviously a, a devastating last throw that he had there. Oh, most certainly. And, you know, that was almost the point where, you know, look, and you don't want to put Jacoby Brissett. And this is one thing I'm trying to tell everybody in the scenario where the Browns, you want to put the game in the hands of your defense. This is supposed to be the better unit right now. This is what the understanding you have with Deshaun Watson missing 11 games. Your defense is supposed to be the one that carries you. And this is a defense that, you know, nine times last year held opponents under 16 points. This defense is currently Living up 27 and a half points a game. Inexcusable. But the rest of the offensive side of the ball, John. Amari Cooper, fantastic yesterday. Um, you saw the dividends, you know, of what the Browns think they got in that guy. And the Browns running game, slow to start. And you saw the way the Jets are doing it. You're selling out. You're trying to get everybody upfield to basically just make no holes. And you basically have guys go east and west, eliminate the cutback lanes. But the thing is, going against this Browns running game, you can only hold off for so long because these guys are disciplined enough to understand we just got to be patient. And if we are, we're going to get our opportunities. And you saw that for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt yesterday. Yeah, and that's the thing about this this offensive system is that if if you sell out to stop one, as long as your quarterback can hit your, their throws, like – they, they have an answer for everything because Kevin Skavansky is able to scheme up open receivers. He knows how to have that good balance between run and pass. As long as that quarterback can hit his throws, like you have to pick your poison in ter- terms of what you want to stop. And obviously when you have the two headed monster with, with Chubb and, and, and uh, hunt, it's really difficult to kind of to choose that because they can get their, their run game and their offensive line is so good that they, they gash you over and over. And, yeah, it took a little bit for them, obviously, to get started and get get rolling. Um, but once they did, you know, obviously Chubb had this, had three touchdowns in the game, and he looked really good, you know, in, uh, you know, hit, hitting holes. And um, there was no long breakouts or anything like that. But I think he was, you know, at the end of the day, five five over five yards per carry is plenty good enough. Uh, eight, forced eight missed tackles. So, you know, I think with, with Hunt, he, he spelled him well. You know, he just, you know, he had just four and a half yards per carry, but still he, you know, he broke a handful of tackles and, and was just punishing defenders. And it's, it keeps you fresh when you can, you do that. So it's a pick or poison thing. As long as, as long as Jacoby Brissett can hit his throws, this running attack is going to continue to find success, whether that's going to be early or late in the game, they, they dared Jacoby Brissett to throw it early in the game. And that's why, you know, the running game wasn't there. And then they said, oh, crap, he's actually on fire. And, and we have to slow it down. And then it opens up the running game. And you even saw, though, you know, because you saw Stefanski early. Okay, well, I've got a tight end screen I've been waiting to use. I've got, you know, the screen to Nick Chubb I've, I've been used. So you're going to oversell. That's fine. You know, I'm going to ch- trust Jacoby Brissett. You know, most time, more than not, Jacoby Brissett is going to make the correct decision. 
Browns Steelers Thursday night. We're gonna get some thoughts from John here. Um, well, who knows? I mean, this could be the last appearance of Mitch Trubisky for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, the Browns getting another advantageous situation. You got Baker Mayfield in his first go around with the Panthers. You got Joe Flacco. Secondary didn't help you out there. And you're maybe getting Mitch Trubisky in what could be maybe his final start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it has been going well to this point. Jeff Lloyd, John Costco, your latest Locked On Browns. Thursday night football, Browns, Steelers. As I've told you, I love I love prize picks as far as primetime games. You're all going to sit down and watch it anyway. You might as well get some skin in the game. You know, whether you're looking at the Browns running back duo or you are looking for Amari Cooper to toast some of the Pittsburgh secondary, you can do that with prize picks. It take, uh, pick two to five players, and if they go with score more or less than the prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You can play it through the NFL, the NBA, MLB, whatever sport you're going to watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on, all caps, no space. If you deposit, 100 prize picks will give you 100 you deposit 50 they'll give you 50 don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to 100 dollars now john as i was saying it is a thursday night game it is a quick turnaround as far as what's going on in the locker room right now that is probably the best thing going for you but there are issues that need to be fixed but you've got the pittsburgh steelers all bets are off everything stops it's a pittsburgh steelers it's just a different kind of week it always has been it always will be record with you know notwithstanding uh the Steelers team's coming off a home loss to the uh New England Patriots on Sunday uh Mitch Trubisky it's not going very well they have somebody waiting in the wings um the Browns will be without Jadavian Clowney they will be without Jesse James they will be out without Chase Winovich but I'm going to tell you right now I don't want to hear it because Pittsburgh's going to be without TJ Watt obviously so for the Browns um, just a little bit, you know, going into this one, John, the quick turnaround. You know, obviously, we've talked about Thursday night football here, but also kind of where are the Pittsburgh Steelers at right now. Yeah, the Steelers have a really bad offense so far, and shocking to, to Najee Harris that, is not healthy. They can they can say whatever they want. Najee Harris is not healthy. There's no yeah, proof to him. He's not the guy we saw last year. Yeah, and um, they're they have Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback, and like I don't know if there are people that thought he would be any different than what he was in Chicago, but you know, I'm, shocking I'm surprised. I am stunned that he is, that they didn't just say we invented, we invested the 20th overall pick in Kenny Pickett. I'll take some growing pains with Kenny Pickett, as opposed to pretending to myself that Mr. Trubisky is not who he is. Right. Like I tried to, you know, I have one of my best friends is a Steelers fan and I tried telling them all so we'll Street span <laughs> speak slower to him, but I, the I had to tell him uh, that Trubisky is not a good quarterback, and he's like, "Well, it's going to be better than Ben." I was like, eh. "Like at least Ben like knows where to go with the ball, knows what plays to put you in, know what how to set the protections, know like like really knows how to manage the game." Wow. Like, like nice. but the thing is, Ben was bad. Like Ben, Ben from a throw for throw basis was bad last year. Like, there's no doubt about that. He would throw well, he was up done two years ago. Everybody knew that except for him. 
Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, like, and he graded as a bottom five quarterback last year. But when it comes to, like, Trubisky, like, he graded as a bottom five quarterback and doesn't know how to manage the game. Like, has no situational awareness. Right. And so with Trubisky, it's like, it, it's you get what you get. <laughs> and now it's, now it's a bad product out there for him. You know, he's, he's graded at a 63. His career average is, like, basically a 63. So um, I think with the Steelers, like they, they should, they should have started, you know, Kenny Pickett and just kind of like taking their growing pain lumps. Um, you know, maybe they don't week win week one, but whatever. Like, I don't, I don't, they're not a team that's going to win anything at all this year with a Trubisky or a rookie quarterback. So just play a rookie quarterback. Um, so I, I think for the, for the Browns sake, like, like the thing is, is that we've, we know what type of receiving core that they have. They have a very good receiving core. Deontay Johnson arguably is like, you know, a top three route runner in the NFL. Like his ability to, to separate is, uh, ex, you know, to accelerate out of in and out of breaks is is really really good. And we'll have their they'll have their hands full with this these receiving core. If you can get pressure on Trubisky, which this offensive line is not very good it will be a long day for that offense. And we've seen how the Browns defense can come alive, uh, you know, against some really good competition. And as long as they don't have bust in the secondary, they'll be perfectly fine. And I think the the thing is, oh, we know what type of the defense that the Steelers have. They're not going to be as good without TJ Watt, um, but they still have the best pe- pressure package, you know, blitz package in the, in the NFL. And the one thing you take away from it also is, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick appears to be playing back closer to, you know, the level that everybody thought he was. But John, yeah. one takeaway I have from this and looking at, you know, uh, you know, whether it's Harris or Stevenson, uh, Stevenson from the Patriots, you know, they went for 24 carries. They went for 118 yards. And I'm going to tell you right now, ain't neither one of these guys can carry Kareem Hunter, Nick Chubb's jock in a suitcase. And it's on a short week. So this is something where if I'm the Browns, I mean, you know, look, I, it's not that I don't have any faith in Jacoby Brissett because I think yesterday changed a lot of people's minds about his play. But I look at it, it's kind of, you know, maybe keep it simple, stupid. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, you know, it, guys are going to be tired. Guys are going to be physically beat up. It's a tough turnaround to play on Thursday night this early in the season. You're Yes, they can still get pressure on the quarterback, but your main concern would always be T.J. Watt. There's the opportunity there, and the Browns do have – and who knows, maybe Dearness Johnson will get some run this week just due to injuries. You haven't seen Jerome Ford take a carry yet. It, the Browns, not only do they have two great backs, they have quality backs as well who have yet to be you know, put into this. So who knows how it works out for the Browns, but it looks like they should be able to do what their bread and butter is as far as getting the ball up the field through the running backs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the the scheme that the Steelers have is is designed to – create pressure on the quarterback and confuse the quarterback and they don't have you know like Cameron Haywood is is a great defensive interior player like I don't think there's any question about that he's probably not you know he's probably off of his prime now um through two weeks he's grading at a 70.4 which is which is much lower than his career norm um and now they're without TJ Watt and they've got you know Montrevious Adams who's not great on the interior um, you know, they got a rookie into Marvin Leal who they've had, you know, played a handful of snaps who, you know, I kind of like coming out and everything. He, he's, he's a, he's a bigger guy there, but they, they can be had on the run game. One of their biggest issue last year was their run defense. Um, and if, so if you could run on them, you, you know, you could make it 
a long day for the defense. And I think you can do the same still until they prove otherwise. And obviously the Browns have a, uh, a plethora of backs and offensive line to be able to, to make that work. And, um, you know, I think, I think for without TJ, especially without TJ Watt, who is an excellent run defender, I think he, he doesn't get enough credit for that. It's just, it's going to be a long day for, for that Steelers defense if they, especially at home, and if the Browns, you know, just kind of show up to play and kind of put this this game to the pass. So, um, you know, just don't get yourself into those predictable passing situations where their pressure packages can get to you. And look, this is for whatever Sunday was. And look, you know, it, it, it's devastating, it's debilitating, whatever, you know, adjective you want to use for you know the way that loss unfurred. The Browns can walk into first energy Thursday night, win this game and literally have sole possession of first place of the AFC North for 10 days. Feel good about yourself. And then you're playing the Atlanta Falcons. And then, yes, business is going to pick up after that. But you found some way to get to 3-1. and one. Know you're in the top of the North. And right now, hey, look, Baltimore looked good yesterday, but certainly holes on that, defensive, that defense. Pittsburgh, you kind of thought it was going to be a transition year. The Bengals, you've got a quarterback who he's not seeing ghosts because he's getting beat up. So it's really, really tough for you to do all this deep stuff vertically down the field with these great wide receivers if you don't have the time to do it. So the chances there for, like you said, and I agree, for the Browns to maybe have this a little bit better than people thought they could when Deshaun Watson does return to this team in December, and it's key. This is paramount Thursday night. A, number one, because if it's two snoozer efforts in a row at home, you've got to sit on it for 10 days. And guess what? We know what's going to happen. There is not going to be any positive said. It's all going to be negative. But the opportunity to get out there this quickly, basically, you know, right the ship going further and have a you know a strong opportunity here for the next couple of weeks to show people that you are more than people thought you were. It's there for the Browns. Always appreciate John Costco being here from PFF. You know, John got a ton, uh, you know, film to go through, and you get a day like today where you know you get challenged mm-hmm. by guys in the league. So then you go even further in. And if anybody remembers, there was a Monday night game years ago in San Francisco, and Richard Sherman was not through thrilled with the folks from PFF. And look, just because <laughs> guys are wide open and drop the ball, Richard Sherman, that doesn't mean you did your job. Um, you may you may disagree with it at a time, but at the end of the day, you probably know they're right over at PFF. Yeah, so you're, you don't appreciate John for go ahead, John. Yeah, and there's a thing that DBs. You know, when if they're right, they don't need to say anything. They don't need to come out and, and try to defend themselves. I, I, that's that's just if you you know, it doesn't really matter what other people are saying. But if like you're if you're kind of getting roasted out there and it's like actually true, it's like, oh, crap. Like, I think I think, uh, you know, if it's, if the person's wrong, if the person's wrong and you let them let them be wrong. I think there's a lot of people out there that are wrong and they don't they don't clap back. Right. But um, I think it's. I'll tell you what, I'll be wrong all day. You can call me how wrong I am. I got a seven-year, $92 million contract. You can tell me all oh, day yeah. wrong, how wrong I am. I don't yeah. give nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I wouldn't care what the fans thought or who, you know, what PFF thought if I had a seven-year, $92 million contract. Right, exactly. And I think, you know, like if you talk about with Richard Sherman, like, I think when it comes to DBs, they they go, oh, I was only in man coverage on what, you know, I was targeting one time in man coverage. It's like, that's true. You were, and that's kind of what they, they think, how they think of themselves rather than like, oh, it's a zone and I, I can get away with it because we weren't in man coverage type thing. And I can, I can point fingers elsewhere, you know, like his two other catches that he allowed, 
in the game were in when he was in cover two, and it was a flat. He was a flat defender. So like you know, he's probably covered. just that's thinking, good. oh, it's that's a scheme cover. That's a scheme given up. You know, and but then you miss the tackle. You know, on on one of them. So like make the play if you're going to go up there and you know make the if. if you have you have a case to make make if you actually make the tackle on the play, but if you go and miss the tackle on that, then you have no case to say, "Oh, that wasn't on me." Like there's zero case now. It's like you not only did you let the, the coverage happen, yeah, sure, it was thrown ten yards underneath you, which you're allowing to happen, but then go make the play of, of making a tackle. And you saw a similar thing yesterday with the Amari Cooper touchdown because Sauce Gardner and the safety. You know, the safety's like, "Well, you didn't ride him far enough," and you know, Sauce Gardner, "Oh, I thought you were coming sooner." These things do happen. Um, but obviously, as John, you know, statistically put in front of you, not at the alarming rate that it's currently gone through for the first two games for the Browns at John Costco three. Make sure you're following. Uh, always love getting John in here once a week, you know, break everything down, get under the hood a little bit. So, again, I always appreciate John for his time. Um, and again, look, as bad as yesterday was, there's still a golden opportunity in front of this Cleveland Browns team. And they just need to go out there and seize that opportunity Thursday night at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We got the grades on the offensive side of the ball, grades on the defensive side of the ball. And of course, a little peek into the Pittsburgh Steelers. Make sure you are following, subscribe to the Lockdown Browns podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, now available on YouTube. Um, make sure you're subscribed. And of course, you know, notifications on. So as soon as the content drops, you can get it. Follow the at Lockdown Browns Twitter account. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. And with all that being said, LGB. I'm- the L-O-B. Let's go Browns.